Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Healthy Perspectives podcast. Thanks for joining us for today's journey, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope uh, you enjoyed yesterday's podcast, and I hope you stick around and see some more because we've got some good stuff coming out for you today. We are going to hit, I'm not actually sure how I'm going to title this one yet, but I I really believe that there is a fight for counselors' identities. Now, let me be a little bit more clear. This comes from a place where counselors are being told, taught, and to a degree really pressured to affirm the person in front of them. Now, Affirming somebody is great. I Don't get me wrong. I think there's a time and a place to affirm somebody and say, look, you are lovable exactly how you are. I think that's right. I think we need to do that. And I think being told that we have to affirm the person in front of us as if we shouldn't challenge them, it takes a different, uh, a different um, mindset. And so I'm going to hit that here in just a few minutes. Stay with me. I'm hoping this will all make sense in the end. This one in particular is directed partly to my peers, other therapists, counselors out there in the world, but also to you as a client. If, if you have had or plan to have any kind of counseling, or maybe you're currently in counseling, this will apply to you as well. So stick with me either way. Um, but I really want to hit my, uh, my peers on this one a little bit. First, let me be very clear. Our clients are resilient as can be. That doesn't mean they don't have some fragileness in there, but they are not fragile. They are resilient. They are strong. And we have to believe that. As therapists, we have to believe that any client that comes to us is resilient. Think about how hard it is to make that first call to a therapist. That's not easy. We're already dealing with somebody who has a strength in them, and we just have to help it come out and be present more regularly, more often. It's already there. They're already resilient. As a profession, I think we are blinded at times by social movements. I'm going to be really clear. I'm going to be super clear. In the 80s and 90s, there was this big move that kids needed to sit still in the classroom. And so we diagnosed, treated ADHD at a rate that is absurd, so far out of what is reality, because we were paying attention to the movement and It caused people some problems. And I think as a therapist, we need to own that we made some mistakes there. Now, I'm telling you right now, therapists are people. We were people long before we were therapists. You go to one of us, you're going to get a person and a therapist. Yes, we have training. We have uh, expertise in some areas. Sometimes we have, like, there's a lot of things about us, though. At the beginning, we were people just like you. 
And that's super important for you to understand, which means we are fallible, which means when it comes to autonomy, and I'll get into this a little bit later, we make mistakes. Stay with me. I'm not saying all therapists are bad. We're not. There's some very good, like I think the hearts of almost every therapist I've met are great. Their, their knowledge, uh, their theory, uh, their techniques may need some work, right? I, I think I'm growing as a therapist even still. I think even doing this podcast is helping me grow as a therapist. So five years from now, I should be even better. So I might be good now, but maybe I'll work towards great at some point. I'm hoping. Here's the point of that. We screwed it all up with ADHD in the 80s and the 90s, and yet the clients kept coming back saying, hey, look, you, you did the best you knew how. We forgive you. Let's get it right now. Trauma. Trauma treatment over time has been awful. And we are just now getting to where we're actually pretty good at it. But we weren't 20 years ago. Awful. Awful. All these experimental models that we were trying to implement when we had no idea what was going on. And, and even today, our trauma treatment is still growing and getting better. But now, it's at least effective for the most part. And yet, the clients still come back because they're resilient. They want that relationship that helps push them and grow them. That's a little hint at what's to come. The DSM-3. What is this, like 30 years ago, 40 years ago, something like that? Not super long ago. We had some strange, strange things in there because of social movements. Social movements can blind the counseling profession. Things like pedophilia. It literally said in the DSM-3, Differential, differential diagnosis, isolated sexual acts with children do not warrant the diagnosis of pedophilia. Such acts may be precipitated by marital discord, recent loss, or intense loneliness. We justified having sexual interactions with a child? Are you kidding me, counselors? What this should tell all of you, including all of you clients, it should tell you that we make mistakes. We make mistakes. And we have to keep growing too. There was stuff in the DSM-3 that would blow your mind. Absolutely blow your mind with how, how far we have come as a profession. But with how naive we were based on most of the time as I'm looking at it, being blinded by social movements. Now, all of that was to set the stage because we have a current fight going on. And this is going to be probably sort of controversial. Um, that's not my intent. Uh, my intent is I've been wrestling with this. And I thought, you know what? If I'm wrestling with this, how many therapists out there are wrestling with this? How many clients out there are not getting the care that they deserve because we have not been processing this? Here it goes. The current fight is what we call affirming care. Now, we could get into an entire linguistic debate or argument. At the end of the day, affirming care is something that is going on right now and causing some major issues. 
And in my opinion, this social blinder is about to hit a, a different train. And I'm going to tell you what that other train is. The other train is called growth. You're probably going, okay, well, what do you mean affirming care and growth? Let me explain what growth is because we have a lot of history in growth theory. And I'm not going to get super theoretical because I know I've got potential clients. I got people who are just exploring the counseling world who listen to my podcast. And I have other therapists who also listen to my podcast. So I've got this wide array of audience. Uh, I I don't want to get so technical that I lose too many of you. But let's start with this. Affirming care and growth are on a collision course. Let me paint it this way. If you went to school to get an education and you were affirmed but not challenged, you would leave dumb. You wouldn't be smarter. If you went to a doctor and the doctor passively accepted your Google search diagnosis, they could miss a life-threatening issue. If you went to church and they affirmed you without challenging you, you don't transform. If you go to a mental health professional and they affirm you but don't adequately challenge you, they fail you, period, full stop, end. They fail you. That is not what a counselor should do. A counselor should not be there just to affirm you. That doesn't mean they won't. They will affirm you. But they got to do it strategically. And I say that because if they affirm you too soon, without the appropriate challenge, they have failed you. This all stems from something. It's one of my favorite quotes. Uh, I got this. <laughs> I got this sign from an old uh, family that I worked with many, many years ago now. And it hangs on, on my door, actually above my door to my office. And for irony purposes, it hangs sideways. I know it's weird. It's just a little, it's one of my things. But it, here's what it says. Life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And it's a Neil Walsh quote. Here's the reason I love this quote. If we aren't made to be challenged. We don't grow the muscles to survive the next challenge. We have to constantly be challenged. That doesn't mean you come to me and say, Hey, Jeremiah, like, eh, here's what's going on in my life. Um, you know, what, what do you think about that? It doesn't mean I'm going to be like, well, you suck and you're a terrible human being and you should just, you know, like, no, that's not necessary. What I'm going to do is I'm going to say, "Mm, you need to tell me more about this because there's something about that that seems a little bit, a little bit different than these other three or four things that you're saying. Let's explore that. And we explore it because I want you to defend your position, not defend it because I'm out to get you and tell you how terrible you are or anything like that. But if you cannot defend your position, then you're not secure in your position. That's not okay. If you, it's why in a church, if I was told not to read this or that or that, 
I'm going to the library the next day and I'm checking those ones out because I want to understand. I want to be challenged by my view and by the other views that are out there. For instance, right now in politics, we've got a lot of echo chambers and we have people on the right and people on the left. And the people on the right don't want to listen to the people on the left. The people on the left don't want to listen to the people on the right. And so what do we end up with? These giant echo chambers where instead of people being challenged, they're constantly being affirmed. How is that working? How is that working for you? If you're an American, how is that working for you? Is that working good? Is this what you want? Do you want this battle going on that's constant? Or could we listen and challenge one another in a way that was good and healthy? My money's on. We could do this better. So here, at the end of the day, we all want affirmation. That's a reality. I want somebody to say, hey, Jeremiah, you're doing a good job. Keep it up. Do the good work. I know it's hard, but keep it up. I want that just like you do. And I can do that for you. I can tell you, hey, if you've been listening to my podcast and trying out some of these things, good job. I'm proud of you. I know it's not easy. I don't make things easy. It's the way I do my therapy too. We want affirmation. And we need healthy challenge. Think of your best friends in the whole world. Do they accept that you're already at your pinnacle or do they challenge you to take the next step and get even better? My hope is maybe you've got some friend work to do if you're not doing this, but my hope is they're telling you, I love you exactly how you are. And what would happen if you worked on this area just a little bit? Because that strengthens us. That helps us grow and get better. So for all of my therapist peers out there, please do not be blinded by this movement in our culture right now. And by the way, it's it's a blind movement. It's not It's not done in the most healthy way. It's done by force right now. It's being shoved down our culture's throat because there's people in positions that can dictate how much we hear about this stuff. And yes, I'm talking a little bit about the media, but you all have solid minds, whether you're peers or clients or potential clients of counselors, not of me, but of counselors. You have solid minds, use them, shop around, listen to different kinds of things. You can listen to stuff on the left or the right. You can listen to stuff that's um, to the LGBT community. You can listen to stuff that is designed for uh, the church community. You can listen to medical podcasts now. I mean, the amount of information. You can create a variety of knowledge foundation without even having to pay for it. We're doing it right now if you're listening to me. I'm saying all this because I want to help us make sure we don't repeat mistakes. Repetitive mistakes are problematic. And counselors, we are about to repeat a mistake if we're not careful. Because we are getting sucked into a movement instead of 
encouraging one another to be appropriately challenging. So to all the potential clients of any counselor, here's what I have for you. Decide ahead of time what you want. And if it's growth, go see a counselor. If you want somebody that's going to tell you, hey, take a look at this. Something here is off. Because they have taken the time to get to know you and they can feel it and they can experience it when they're with you. Then go to a counselor. If you're looking for identity affirmation, whether that's, uh, you know, your, your sexual identity, your gender identity, your you know, religious identity, your identity in the home with your family. If you're looking for identity affirmation, my recommendation, go pay someone to give you compliments. It'll be a lot cheaper and a lot less time consuming. They're out there. You don't even have to pay for it. Get on social media, create your echo chamber and live in it. You will lack the growth. You won't move forward, but you're going to be getting exactly what you want. And that is you're going to keep hearing the same thing over and over and you won't be challenged, but it'll be okay because that's what you want. If you want growth, you're going to face a challenge. And if a therapist is out there and they are not challenging you, they are not doing you a service. Leave. Leave them. Every therapist should challenge you. And maybe not every single week. Let's be real. There are times where we need some affirmation um, for the work that we have been doing. Say, hey, look, I'm seeing a change here and I really appreciate that shift. But a therapist should generally be pointing to the growth, the growth over time, not necessarily to one decision in time. So to affirm your identity as it sits is not going to help you. To affirm your identity as it's developing can be very good and healthy for you. To all of my therapist friends out there that are doing the hard work, I trust your heart. Follow the ethics, autonomy, non-maleficence, beneficence, justice, fidelity, and veracity. And understand these social movements, we are just as subjected to them as anybody in our world because we were people first. Before we were a therapist, we were people just like everybody else. And we still are people. We just have the role of being a therapist. Do not let go of reality. If you are not challenging your social perspective, then please do your work. Please explore it. Please have the hard conversations with your peers, with your supervisors, with your supervisees. Have those hard conversations. And to all those potential clients out there, people who want to learn about self-care, self-growth, who want to become a better version of yourself, know that it's not going to be easy. And that if you find a counselor that pushes you hard, not too hard, they should know when to pull back a little bit. And you should be able to tell them too. They should invite that kind of conversation of like how, how you're getting stressed out and you know, you need to slow down for a little bit. They should invite that conversation, but stay with it. It's worth it in the long run. 
if you stay with it, you get to be the one on top of that mountain someday. It'll come. Thank you all for joining me. I know this was a little bit different than some of them, but again, you know, we're challenging you with hard topics. This is supposed to be a tough topic. I've got counselor friends that they don't really want to address this right now. They're seeing the movement. They see some of this stuff and it's hard conversation. So I appreciate you all going for a ride with me. Please share this with your friends. Tell everybody about us. Uh, feel free to email us. We, we like the information. We like to know what you're thinking, what you're experiencing. Tell us how to make it better. If you think you know, um, we're open to suggestions and ideas. And have a great day.